1: Hello and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call. I'm not David Koch, I'm Carly Merritt. 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. It is Thursday the 12th of November. Uh, introducing my guests, we've got two experts on today's show here with us for the full hour. Joining me in the studio, Henry Jennings. Hi, Hello, Barbie. great to see you. And via Skype all the way from Perth, Carl Kapalinga. Carl, great to have you with us.
0: Good afternoon, Kylie. Good to see you on the hot seat today.
1: Well, yes, let's not get carried away. <laughs> Just a one-off, I'm, I'm thinking. Um, let's start with our stock of the day. Henry, I'll start with yep. you. Uh, where's Farmers trading update out today, which is why it's our stock of the day. Really interesting numbers in there, um, particularly the online retail sales, particularly catch. Yep. Um, what did you make of it?
2: Um, pretty impressive set of numbers. I mean, who would have guessed we'd be still going to Bunnings? Uh, and Office Works, and that those numbers were pretty good. But as you say, Catch was a pretty good result. The stock's up three percent at the moment. These guys, you know, they've got great management. They've got a great balance sheet. They've got a number of businesses that are very exposed, not just to the COVID lockdowns, which we've seen with with Office Works, etc., but also just to the general economy as well. And, and I think, you know, it, it's still it's looking pretty toppy at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. It's had a good run today. So, um, yeah, maybe wait a little while and let things settle down. But that was some some good numbers today, that's for sure.
1: Um, Carl, you picked apart the numbers. What did you make of them?
0: Yeah, no, as um, Henry said, very impressive. So Bunnings is still the jewel in their crown. I should say Westfarm is a a West Australian company um, from from the start. So it's uh, one of our major success stories. Um, but, uh, you yeah, uh, know, 25% growth in Bunnings, uh, Catch is a very interesting little play they've got going there. There's 114% growth in sales and that could really do anything. So it's a, you know, just provides a different angle uh, to the business from, you know, boring old uh, hardware and, um, you know, uh, buying kids clothes that came up target to um, this, you know, e-commerce um, uh, sort of play. So, you know, it's, it's only a small part of overall revenues at the moment, but hey, you know, they've got that uh, growth upside. Uh, in terms of, um, you know, valuations, it's not uh, not the cheapest stock out there. So, you know, multiples are sort of mid to high 20s and earnings growth is sort of you know high single digits. So uh, I wouldn't say it's the cheapest stock, but it, it's going to, you know, I think it's always got a place in your in your longer term sort of self-managed fund So It's going to be a steady, stable performer. It's got a pretty good dividend yield. It's fully frank. So, yeah, um, yeah, you know, we, we like it, we've been um, we've buyers of Westfarmers for quite some time now. So just checking my notes, we've, we've had a buy since 11th of August. And I think we're happy to, to stick with that for now.
1: I mean, it, it, it's always been, you know, a staple of many a portfolio, nothing new there. How much of, you know, any upside that you think might come would hinge on whether you believe that we will return to this sort of pre-COVID environment <laughs> around retail?
2: Um, I, you know, I think Bunnings is just a behemoth that won't go away, no matter whether we have COVID or, or not. COVID, really, um, it has shown its resilience through the cycle. Office works as well to an extent. I guess the question for for, for West Farmers and for shareholders is, what are they going to do with the money? You know, they, they sold out of the coals business, mm. and they've got this very big balance sheet. What are they actually going to do? And um, there's been, you know, they had a tilt at Linus and um, they bought Kidston uh, in the lithium space as well. So they're, they're obviously, you know, it's, it's partly chemicals and that diversity does give them some, you know, resilience through each different cycle. I mean, even today they were talking about, uh, the, you know, the weather patterns that we're going to be seeing from La Nina, um, actually helping their fertilizer sales, which is going to be good for them as well. So it's really a question, I guess, of what they're going to buy, because they should buy something. They, they've got a lot of cash and we're in a period where there's you know, certainly some vulnerable targets out there. So that really is the risk, is they buy the wrong thing. Mm. But Bunnings, uh, West Farmers rather, I keep saying Bunnings, because they're such a dominant <laughs> part of their business. But West Farmers has had great quality management and they've been really disciplined about what they buy and what they go for. They didn't pay up for liners, so they went hunting elsewhere. So that's, I think that's the interesting question. We know that it's a resilient business with many facets mm. through many parts of the different cycles, whether it's pre, post, during, or whatever COVID world we, uh, we get to. But. Um, it's, it's just going to be interesting what they, what they target now, I guess.
1: Yeah, Carl, just um, on, I don't want to harp on, on, on catch because it is only you know, a, a very small piece of a, of a bigger puzzle. But I just want to go to that broader question um, that comes out of that around this recent sort of sell-off we've seen of the online retailers. Um, obviously, some of those multiples were um, <laughs> right up there. <laughs> Where yeah. do you sort of feel like this is going to, to settle or is it still too hard to tell?
0: Uh, no, I don't, I don't think it's uh, too hard to talk. Um, if anything, it's jump-started or or reinvigorated this this move towards um, online uh, purchases. I think if, if if it's done anything, there were a whole lot of people in uh, sort of my age group and up who were pretty skeptical of buying things online and expecting to you know to get what you paid for. And I think many of us have uh, been forced to to go down that path, and we've been pretty happy with the results. So you know, it, 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 it's it's. I think it, it's more opening up um, the space then uh, then that's it for now so i, I think you know, the trends will continue uh in that regard Cat, I, I, I think um, as henry said you know management's um they, they've always been very adept they've always been very quick to move and and find new ways um you know to, to balance out the cycle so this is just an example of them um, being prepared to do that uh we, we neither of us have mentioned uh, office works at this stage and you know that's obviously a big part of their business as well and they've done tremendously well and you know if if you think that this move towards working from home or upgrading your your home office is ended i I don't think that's the case at all so i still think there's 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 more to go in that space i mean you know the west farmers i said hey it doesn't look cheap it's it's sort of mid to high 20s but it's not um high 80s or high 100s like many of those other um you know online e-commerce plays so you know in in that respect you're getting a little bit of that flavor but you're not paying um, a crazy crazy premium at this price
1: you sound like my husband Carl, who just bought his first pair of shoes oh, really? on the interweb yeah. this week. <laughs>
2: so proud That's
1: of right. himself.
2: But the great thing about <laughs> online shopping, and you know, is is the packaging. And and when they arrive, it it makes you feel, it's like Christmas, it makes you feel special. There's a a certain nostalgia in getting gifts through the post. It's like, you know, granny sending you your Christmas parcel. (laughs) It's like
1: when the mail guy (laughs) turns up here every day with his trolley and everyone's like, oh, who's got something Yeah, exactly.
2: There's a certain excitement about online shopping, which I don't think you get when you go around the shopping malls. True,
1: true. All right, um, let's let's move on. Let's get into uh, the first of the stocks picked by you. Today we are looking at Lendlease LLC, which has been sent in by Gemma. Gemma, thanks for that. Um, Henry, start with you. Lendlease, another, you know, like Wes Farmers, um, been around forever, very well known. Um, sort of changed uh, philosophy, I guess, in recent times, you know, really doubling down, going all in on, um, on property development, mm. getting rid of some of the other elements yep. of the business. Um, do you like that strategy?
2: I do. I mean, for a little while, the engineering division was a bit of a millstone around its neck. It's got rid of most of that, which is really good. It is geared to property development and properties as well and infrastructure spending. They've got a massive pipeline of developments as well, over $100 billion in pipeline developments going. So it's clearly going to be a beneficiary of a return to normality. Um, so it falls into that kind of you know, new normal trading uh, pattern that we've seen in the last, I guess in the last week or so. And the stocks really bubbled up quite nicely in the last few weeks. But uh, it's, you know, it's, it's still got some issues, but uh, and it's a question of whether it can deliver. But, uh, you know, it's one of those stocks that was a fallen angel mm. and it really did crash hard and then sort of wander around in the wilderness for a while until it got rid of that engineering side of things. But given that we haven't seen the housing implosion that we were supposed to be seeing, in actual fact, we've seen quite the opposite in some respects. We've seen housing going very well, residential developments, etc., and infrastructure spend, you know, taking over. I think then lease is in a pretty good place still.
1: So a buy or a hold?
2: Um, it's had a good run and I'd be looking for a pullback, but definitely a buy, I think.
1: Okay. Um, Carl, what's your take? I mean, one of the interesting things I think, you know, particularly with this all in strategy is that it's, it's so tied to, you know it's, its fortunes are so tied really to urbanization but not just in Australia and I think sometimes we forget that you know this is a this is a global company you see you, you go to the UK see it yep. everywhere um, how yep. do you consider that playing out given you know the different I guess um, economic tides um, you know from Australia compared to somewhere like the UK
0: yeah no, I, I agree it's definitely geographically diverse in terms of its operations, in terms of, of its earnings, you know, the major part of its earnings still come uh, from Australia. So that probably gives it some comfort there from what's happening in Europe in terms of the COVID situation and potentially also in the US. Um, so they've got um, they're doing a big development in San Francisco at the moment. They're doing one in London, um, and yeah, look. So urbanisation, it's a, it's a very broad and ha- ambiguous term isn't it and um, you know if if you want to go on just picking stuff out of the sky and saying oh well there's a lot of rhetoric at the moment that people um, don't want to be in urban areas anymore they want to get out of the cities in and have more space uh, i think that's probably more of a short-term blip than a, than a long-term um, you know change in the trend so no i, I think they're still well placed to, to take advantage of that of that trend uh, of urban renewal obviously there's going to be some um, upside potentially from infra- infrastructure spend uh, but, you know, the rubber needs to hit the road. And then so we, I think we need to look at their order book, which is actually pretty good. And I think that's why I'm um, probably most positive towards the, the stock at the moment. So, um, you know, they've got plenty of um, plenty of work to do. Um, I'm with, with Henry. I think it's a buy. I, I just don't want to buy it here. So it's had, it's, it, it's had a real pop up on the chart. Um, the, the chart is very interesting because unlike, say, West Farmers, which is more bottom left to top right, you know, it's kind of mastered the COVID crisis and just kept going. Um, this one obviously had, had, has taken a big hit. I mean, just look at earnings, uh, it's FY20 earnings, um, you know, a massive, massive hit there. So it, it's got to turn around, it's coming, it's, it's doing that um, and I'll give you a level. So I think if you can get it around about 1350, that would be the point that you would uh, buy it uh, on the basis of this, you know, really recovery in the global economy. But there are risks um, in terms of execution and what can go wrong. Uh, with with COVID next, obviously we've had this fantastic news about the vaccine, but we are years away, I think, um, from from having that um, really remove this COVID risk uh, to to the, to economic growth. So it's a buy, but I think you need, you want to get it cheaper.
1: Okay, um, I will note that, uh, Carl. <laughs> and and you like that strategy as well of sort of you know all in on development, getting rid of some of yeah. the other business units that were perhaps non-core.
0: Yeah, so they've divested their engineering um, business, which I think is, is a good thing going forward. So we we're, we're just focus on, as you say, um, property development, property investments, um, uh, construction, and um, yeah, it's, it's, there's less, less volatility potentially through the cycle as a result of that.
1: Okay, cool. Um, BHP, this is an interesting one. It's in our portfolio. So...
2: Oh, pressure's on. <laughs> the
1: pressure is on. Pressure is on. What <laughs> you guys both think of this one. Um, I guess the most recent uh, news out of BHP production report, what what did you take away from that?
2: BHP is an interesting one, isn't it? It's really been kind of going pretty much sideways when, you know, we've seen a very big strength in the iron ore price. We've seen an oil price rebound. We've seen uh strength in, in the copper price as well. And it, it really hasn't grabbed the imagination. Maybe it's too big. Maybe it's... Too diversified, whereas Fortescue does tend to do that, and I think there was a little disappointment about the the, the dividend and the, and the generosity of the company last time round. It's quality. I mean, they've got quality management. They're trying to exit some of their coal assets, uh, which is obviously uh, playing into the new green theme that miners are developing around the world. I like BHP. It's got a lot going for it, especially the iron ore price. I mean, who can not like that copper mm-hmm. and and uh, and the oil price as well, but. It, it just needs something sexy. I mean, they're talking about nickel and nickels. It's ob- a
1: mining company. I know <laughs> it's a
2: mining company, but but it's it's so big. <laughs> it's 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 like trying to you know comment on the type, not the Titanic, but a super yeah. tanker. You know, it's hard to get a massive change in direction. Uh, and the big driver of BHP in the past has been its generosity with shareholders, share buybacks, uh, capital returns, special dividends, that sort of thing. And we we didn't really see that last time out. So. I like BHP. It's definitely a hold. And I think you just need to time it, as in all resource stocks, because they do tend to be quite volatile. You know, you look back four or five months, here it was at the same price. It hasn't really done much. So you just got to, timing is important. But yeah, definitely a hold, I think, uh, especially with the iron ore price where it is.
1: Uh, Carl, how would you... <laughs> Make VHP yeah, sexy look, again.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh,
0: yes. Maybe it needs to buy an, an e-commerce. I was going to say, yeah. find, yeah, our, we'll pay later find our pay later mining. Find our pay later. it might help. Um, look, I agree. It is. It is. It is the big Australian, uh, and that's why we, we we call it that. And really, um, I think because it's in terms of its production. Um, it, it, it's really firing on the cylinders. It's producing um, basically as much as it can of, of everything it's producing right now across, across the board. So um, it, it, there's probably limited upside in terms of what it can produce. And then, you know, it, then it comes down to prices. So, um, so we know that iron ore prices are doing well. Um, I think they'll do better than expected. So I think there's, there's quite a few uh, iron ore bears out there. I'm not one of those. I'm not a bull in terms of I think it's going uh, much higher than 130, but I don't think it's going much lower than than $100 a ton either. Um, and if it can stay sort of around here, even one ten to one twenty, that's about fifteen to twenty dollars above most of the big broking houses' expectations, uh, long term, long term expectations. So uh, potentially uh, there, there's a bit of a, a sort of an upgrade cycle that's coming if iron, iron ore prices do, do stay here, and that's I think that's going to support. Um, if you look outside of iron ore in terms of uh, copper, um, obviously that's doing well and I think supportive going forward. But um, What's been the drag has been the energy um, part of the business. So, coal and oil. And as we know, the recent events um, um, post COVID vaccine, um, I think that will be supportive. So, I think we might get a little bit of a re rating. Uh, I totally agree with Henry. So, we put a buyout on this uh, in July uh, on the anticipation that we were going to get a special dividend or an increased dividend. And we were quite disappointed we didn't get it. Uh, we, 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 we've, we've still got a buy on it. We haven't changed that uh, for all the reasons that, we, that, we've, that we've talked about. And I think we should see that going forward. So it could be, um, you know, at the end of this half, or uh, in fact, I think it will be at the end of this half, we'll start to see them make more noises about, um, you know, some some extra um, kickbacks to shareholders.
1: Okay. So yours is a buy, but it doesn't matter because you've ruined the party for everybody. So I think that's
2: how it... It's it's a hold, I mean, we hold it, 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 it's a hold.
1: Um, can I ask uh, either of you who want to take this though, you know, they have come out, um, there's a lot of talk around, I think it was the last production report, but it might have been something else, you know, the, the emissions reduction target, does that sort of factor into your thinking about, you know, the future for BHP and the risks and or opportunities um, around committing themselves to, to those zero emission targets?
2: I mean, it's a worthy, worthy goal, I guess, uh, the decarbonisation. this is something that's come around through COVID as well. And I reckon it's been accelerated through the COVID because we haven't seen planes in the skies and emissions are down globally, uh, and mining companies are smelling the the wind and and trying to change, which which is a good thing. As far as factoring in going forward, I mean, it would be nice for them probably to get away from the coal side of things. Uh, They've certainly made some efforts in the oil side of things. But mining companies, I think, inherently um, have ethical issues for some investors. It's not really something we look at, I must admit. But even this week, we've seen Andrew Forrest yesterday talking at the the, the Fortescue AGM, talking about how they're going to push into renewable energy, how they're going to become a global player Mm. in renewable energy. So it's, it's definitely a trend that's happening around the world. And mining companies are looking to uh, rehabilitate their image, especially you know the likes of Rio after the the, the tragedy and the destruction yeah. that they, they caused in the Pilbara, so you know, it, you know BHP can smell where it's going, they've had the Samarco thing that's not a good look, they, they need to clean up their act mm. and look like good corporate global citizens and this is a step in in the right direction But it's not something that really figures high on our sort of tick the boxes of whether we add the stock is decarbonisation or or green or renewable side of things.
1: Okay, Uh, let's move on to our next stock, which is the Waypoint REIT. Uh, So this was sent in to us by Kish. Thank you for that. Uh, So this is Carl, formerly the Viva Energy REIT. I think it's got close to 500 Sort of service stations and convenience properties uh, in its portfolio. What what do you think about it?
2: Yeah,
0: correct. So uh, mainly, well, not mainly, exclusively service station assets and the land that sits underneath them um, all over Australia. Uh, look, I think it's it's an interesting one if you want that very boring, uh, almost bond like performance. So if you look at um, they've got very long uh, leases, which which is obviously a, a tick. Um, a lot of those, um, a lot of those rents are tied to uh, either CPI or a, a standard three uh, percent annual increase. So that's, that's a tick, uh, and that's, and then, you know, then, then management's pl- pretty sort of nimble in terms of uh, making acquisitions and building the portfolio. Uh, and every time they do, there's a little bump up in terms of what they, you know, what how they can grow. So, uh, but, but you're, you're not going to get amazing growth. So it's not going to be, um, you know. Next, next annual report comes in and they've grown earnings by 28%. It's just not 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 possible. So um, they've got a dividend yield of around about five and a half percent. It's unfranked. That's important I think for investors to know because the investors that are looking to buy this type of stock, I think they want fully franked dividends. Um, and your, your your growth rate is going to be in the, in the order of magnitude of um, sub five percent for a P ratio in the high teens. I don't think it's particularly cheap. So I'd be looking um, elsewhere, um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll cut, cut the story short. It, it's, it's more of a bond than a stock. And um, I, I think there are better opportunities.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd agree with Carl. I mean, not they're,
1: sexy. Not sexy.
2: They're, they're not in sexy. a trading range around 260 to 280. They're probably yeah. in the middle for diddle at the moment around 270. Good yield. And let's face it, good yield is hard to find these days, uh, franked or even you know, non-franked, uh, to be honest. It, it's a pretty solid business. Uh, petrol stations. There's not much not to like. There's a bit of politics around the refining side of things, which mm-hmm. it sort of surfaces, which you know you can fall foul of. But it's a pretty solid business with a solid yield. Um, you're never going to get massively rich out of it, but the power of compounding of that 5.3% yield is going to stand you in good stead in a market where you know dividends have been hard to come by, to be honest. So um, very much, you know, 260, 280. Here it is at 270. It's a hold very unexciting, very uninspiring to some extent. Petrol stations, you know, I heard a guy this morning talking about the future of uh, petrol stations. South, South Australia is looking to tax electric cars uh, directly because they won't be paying the fuel excise charge. And as we become an electric car society, I mean, that's mm. the dumbest thing ever, I mm. think. But as we become an electric car society, what's the role in petrol stations this this is you know something for five ten years down the yep. track but it is something that they've got to address going forward but you know 5.3 percent unfrank yield it's not bad and
1: i guess they're not exposed to the ups and downs they're of, not, you so know, exposed. not like a retailer um I, or, or even like a, a shopping center owner no you know you've got that yep. just locked in yeah
2: it's locked very, in yeah. you know it, it never ceases to amaze me when i when i drive in here there's a few garages that are doing petrol. At, a dollar and eight a litre, and then the next one, which is probably a, a Waypoint Garage, a dollar forty-six a litre, and there's still people mm. queuing up at the dollar forty-six. And you, and you think, come on, guys, you could have stopped two hundred metres beforehand, <laughs> saved yourself forty. That's not an inconsiderable saving, especially over a year. But it is a very sticky kind of thing. People go in there for their coffees, pick up their milk, their bread, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a sticky business, not very exciting, but it's a good, steady, um, trendy five point three percent year what can possibly okay. go wrong <laughs> all
1: right two holds on that one uh, our next stock is ike which is the ike gps group uh sent in to us by craig i must admit not one that i was hugely familiar with um but look henry it's it's dual listed um here yep. and um across the ditch it's it's basically a tech company that allows the owners of poles and wires, whether they be electricity or telecommunications or whatever, yep. um, to sort of collect and analyze the data on those poles, safety, performance, etc. Yeah.
2: Yep. It, um, it's a kind of a sleeper story. I had no idea what this stock did. And then I did a podcast with some guys that run a full uh, small cap fund and they love this stock. The, the, the problem is that it's very illiquid. It, it, it kind of trades. Um, in stuttering uh, fashion. Uh, every now and then they, you, you see a bit of a tick up in volume, but otherwise it's kind of almost trading by appointment. The big thing for this, this stock, Ike, is that it is exposed to the North American 5G market. Now, 5G is, is a big push. Uh, in North America, especially on the back of the, the Apple phone. You know, it's going to revolutionise the world. We've, we've seen the ads here about 5G, but th- these guys really are going to be at the forefront of it, poles and wires, and permitting is part of their business, which, which is a big part of their business, mm. which, you know, they have the, uh, the, sort of the, the the drop-on on other people. So it's a good company. It will go higher. It's probably a buy-around here, but, geez, it's hard to get set. Uh, you know, you look at the volume today, it's, what, 10,000 shares. Um, so it's really, really hard to, uh, to get set. It had a big, uh, it was languishing around 85 cents and mm. then you know it got a bit of a, a up and pushed up but it's just hard to get set but it's a good quality company, good exposure to the North American 5G, poles and wires and as you say that the smart stuff about metering but also the permitting as well in the US and there's a couple of small fund managers that just love this stock mm. but it is it's really hard to, uh, to get set.
1: Carl, did you spent much time looking at this one?
2: Yeah, well, I, I have uh, for the last 24 hours. I didn't know about it
0: until I got the, the <laughs> oh, so note just from going to say, hey, no, no, this is going to be, gonna you be think, one of the oh, to how come to look I at. didn't know about this? Oh, it's all of us. Okay, yeah, good. But, you
1: know,
0: um, I think every time I come to this show, I say, that's why I love coming on this show, because I find out about these potentially uh, amazing companies that I, I want to invest in or tell my clients to invest in. And I think this is one of them. It's very interesting. Um, so it's got this fantastic Australian technology, technologies, Australian grown as Russell Crowe and Crowded House. Um, so that we're doing, you, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the joke. That was the
2: joke.
1: <laughs> oh, um, so, I just got oh that well.
2: <laughs> next time. It's early, it's not, <laughs> it is, it's early um, in Perth. It's early in Perth. Okay,
0: back, back back to back to the, the nitty gritty serious stock market boring stuff here. Okay, so um, it's I uh, sort of liken this to um, selling uh, shovels to the miners, you know, during the mining boom. So we've got the uh, the 5G coming out, we've got, um, you know, fibre rollouts all over the place. And, and in the US we know it's happening. And, and these guys are you know facilitating uh, the infrastructure or maintaining the infrastructure. They've got some great technology, it is, um, you know, it is basically double your productivity. And, and lower your cost by a third um, for for its end, end users. They just end users. They just signed a deal uh, to manage 250,000 poles of a particular US electricity utility, and that's uh, 250,000 of 10 million poles. Um, so you know, just just to give you an idea of the potential upside. Uh, not making money at this point in time, and that's a bit of a an annoying thing because otherwise I, I do love the the, the blue sky here. Uh, but I would say that based upon their run rate, they're probably going to be Either, either this financial year or next financial year, starting to make a profit. Um, I don't think, based upon its uh, current market, market capitalisation, is pretty cheap, but that's not why you're buying this, you're buying it for the blue sky. Um, as Henry said, uh, it is atrociously illiquid, I mean, horrifically illiquid. The chart is bottom left, top right, and that's what I like. Uh, I'm happy to get in here, but it's, it's one of those high risk plays, simply based upon the fact that it is uh, so illiquid at this point in time.
1: Okay, so we're going to buy it. Is that is that correct? We're going to buy it and put it in Why our put it so. in our nabtrade portfolio, yep. <laughs> and we'll just forget about the fact that you it's know, not liquid. It's, it's a hot, we'll just it put is, it in there anyway. Hybrid, yeah. yeah. Sounds good. It's a long
0: term one though, Kylie. It's it's a long term at this one. Yep. Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. Um, yeah, look, it did look super interesting yeah, to it's, me. Yeah, it's it kind was, of one
2: of those sleeper stocks. Yeah. And as I say, I, I interviewed a couple of guys from Pi Funds in New Zealand. They, they, they took quite a big stake in this. They had a recent capital raising and they just loved it. Mm. And I, I had never heard of it until, you know, maybe because it is a New Zealand company like Russell Crowe. Um, but uh, I'd never heard of it until they mentioned it. But it, it's, you know, it's got a great business model. Yep. And it, but it's just so hard to get set.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Next one, moving right along. Ionia sent in to us by Simon. Um, Henry developing a, they've got a big project underway in the US, Rhyolite Ridge. Uh, But these guys are uh, very specific lithium boron. It's all about the batteries. It's
2: all about the batteries. It's all about the US. It's all about having um, the US having in-house lithium capabilities, if you like. Uh, that sovereign risk being taken out of it. And we are in this kind of technological cold war, I guess, with, with China. Battery technology is part of that. You've got Tesla on one side. Um, th- this is probably this is another bottom draw by, to be honest. It's had a really big, big run, and there was a lot of, a lot of hype and, uh, uh, and pushing this stock over the battery day when the, with Tesla. was coming out in September, and it has re-rated, but it's the, it's the most advanced lithium project in the U.S., it's very low cost as well it's right down the bottom of the quartiles in terms of cost base and uh, it's had a good run it is volatile it is speculative but certainly you know 22 cents this one is is very much a speculative buy i think at the moment
1: yeah it does it does look pretty specky but um carl i mean they've already pre-sold almost all of kind of three years worth of production of of boric acid so it's not yes. um it's not like they don't have customers or anything what what do you make of it
0: yeah, no, absolutely. They have got those pre-sales for the boric acid side of things, but I'm they don't have any sales yet for the um, lithium uh, carbonate slash lithium hydroxide down the track that they plan to sell. So, uh, this is it's. Uh, if you look at the, the the headlines that the company will will feed you, you know, one and a half billion dollars net present value in the ground. Um, they're going to be uh, making 160 million dollars per annum. Uh, from their first year, 193 million dollars per annum in the five five year payback period, all looks fantastic. There's only one uh, catch, and that is they need 785 million dollars <laughs> in terms of investment to make all of that happen. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's where it sits for me. So um, I agree with uh, what Henry said. I think I'm, I'm a buy here. By the way, certainly say that straight up. Um, I, I think it is a bottom draw one, but so much needs to happen until this. Becomes, um, you know, it probably will get taken out before, um, before it even produces anything. So, the you know, you could see uh, Rio Tinto. this talk that they, they are looking at this and they may may go for it. So, uh, I'm, I'm uh, long story short, I'm a buy. I think the chart looks very interesting. So we've had, got a, a really massive double bottom pattern stretching out over the last six months. It's pushing up to the top of its trading range consolidating here. They are charts on screen. So you can see what I'm talking about there, that sort of double bottom rising pattern, little consolidation here. And if it bursts through the top of that range, then um, I think uh, it'll go. The other one I would suggest in this space, it's almost a carbon copy of this, is Piedmont Lithium. Um, so P-L-L is a ticker code there. I talked about it on this show with Koshi a few times back. And it's a very similar situation. Um, they're in North Carolina. These guys are in Nevada. So it's that US uh, production. I-, I actually think that one's a better play as well, but they're both buys for
1: me. Great, all right. Uh, we'll just quickly wrap up the first five. Um, I'm getting the wind up in my ear, apparently I'm talking too much. Um, so Westfarmers, our stock of the day. A hold from Henry, bit toppy, wait a while. Um, still a good stock, obviously. Um, Carl, not the cheapest. Um, he is, still has a buy on it though, um, and would suggest we look specifically um, at the upside, thanks to Officeworks, part of that portfolio. Uh, Lendlease um everybody likes the fact that they've really kind of doubled down on this you know development only strategy henry likes the pipeline and has a buy on it Carl is a hold for now, likes the order book, but still says there's a bit of work to do. Um, Says $13.50 if it gets to that, that is his buying signal. Uh, BHB controversial, it's now leaving the portfolio. (laughs) Um, Henry reckons it's sort of been going sideways and a bit of disappointment um, around the dividend policy of late, so he's now got that as a hold. Carl continues to have it as a buy but does sort of note that it's been close to capacity, um, probably limited production upside, but to keep it in the portfolio or in your portfolio because it's no longer in ours. Um, okay, waypoint REIT, um, the non-sexiest of stocks <laughs> on today's show, apparently. Um, sort of, it's, it's just basically like holding a bond, according to Carl, he would have a hold on it. Um, look, good unfranked dividends, um, to note they are not fully franked. Um, but you're getting 5.5% there. Henry also has it as a hold. um, And just noted, you know, interestingly, what the future of um, these service stations may be, um, particularly as we move more into an electric vehicle um, environment. Um, Ike GPS... I think this is this is coming into the portfolio. Everybody loves this. No one had heard of it five <laughs> minutes ago, but as of today, we're all big fans. Um, That's right. Uh, so Carl's putting a buy, not making any money at the moment, um, but thinks uh, profitability is just around the corner and um, some blue sky upside there. Henry oh. also buy, both of them noting uh, very, very, very a liquid stock, so pretty difficult um, if you did want to get in, but worth having a crack. Um, and finally, Ioneer, the uh, code INR, Henry has a buy on that as well, says it's the most advanced lithium project and loves the super low cost base. Carl also has it as a buy, um, both of them, uh, it's a bottom draw, it's, it's a specy, but um, Carl thinks it will probably or will likely get bought out. Um, by a bigger rival before we get um, before they actually get into production and also recommends um, while you're there have a look at piermont lithium pll um, as an alternative he actually thinks that is a better company now as i've just mentioned we of course have our own portfolio um, we've been tracking that since july 1 all the stocks that get two thumbs up or a buy from both of our experts on the show we've been putting in so we got one already today um, let's check on how we've been performing so weekly up just under 6% um, on the month we're up 4% and year-to-date um, since July 1 up 20% That is not too bad guys thanks for your input <laughs> um, taking a look at some of the stocks we've added recently Ridley deterra clinovel globe Qantas stocks that we've taken out link administration and Novonix you can check out all the stocks or ETFs that we've got in the Calls portfolio. Head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We will update you every day here on the Call with how it is tracking with thanks to NAB Trade. Uh Joining us next on The Pulse is the CEO of Button Rail Ross. Button? But it's all these.
2: <laughs> Why can't people spell? No, it, it,
1: it's like every startup now just takes out all the vowels. Yeah. So I assume it's button but with no vowels in there apart from the u uh, he's just closed out a pre-ipo funding round um, a view to listing this fintech within the next 12 months he'll be joining us to talk um, about that future that should be exciting um okay, we need to crack on. I'm sorry. I'm rambling, taking too long. Let's get to our sixth stock of the day, Costa Group, CGC, sent in by Jeremy. Thank you very much, Jeremy. This company's been around since forever. It started yep. as a fruit shop in Geelong, now one of the biggest sort of, you know, wholesalers and exporters of fresh fruit and veggies in Australia. How do you look at this stock? Is it is it an agriculture stock? Is it a what yeah. Is there a bucket you can put it in?
2: Yeah, I think it is an agricultural yeah. start. I mean, it's, the, the problem with Costa is it's kind of weather dependent. And we've seen over the last few years, it's kind of, it's really struggled, not only with its Australian operations because of the drought, but also with Morocco as well and China too. They've got big operations there. What has happened since the results in August, of course, is we've seen the fact that the drought has broken in Australia to an extent which has allowed them to start rebuilding some of their expansion plans stocking up on water and also really the international side has gone very well as well so that that international and local business for them in berries citrus etc strawberries blueberries has gone very very well mushrooms again uh, but it is weather dependent so it is it's got a lot of moving parts so it can be volatile but at the moment, because we've seen them able to build up water, water supplies mm. after the drought's broken, it does give them some insulation now through the water. I guess one of the issues for them is, is picking the berries, because certainly locally, you know, with COVID restrictions, we don't have that backpacker force that we've seen in the past. But that does seem to be not so much of an issue for them and you know the stock's been on absolute tear since those results really surprised the market and and you do see that when you get a surprise for the next quarter you tend to see that outperformance in the market as well as you get sort of rolling upgrades and the cycle of brokers are uh, putting higher and higher price mm. targets on so it, it's definitely a hold up here it's run really hard um, but weather wise you know it looks okay at the moment but it is you know, it, it's kind of dependent on yeah, the yeah. Well, I
1: mean, you look at that chart up forty-five yeah. percent in a year, but you look at the five-year chart.
2: You look at the five-year um, chart. It, it tracks, and it went it nowhere for yeah. most of twenty twenty until the results proved that the drought was behind us. The international side was going well, and then it just spiked and it's just kept spiking from there. Yeah. So definitely a hold, but um, still very weather dependent.
1: Carl, you're a, a charts expert. What do you take away from this one?
2: Yeah, look, I. I
0: little bit of a chart expert. What I'm not an expert on is agricultural stocks. Okay, I, I've been in this business for over 20 years, and I think my record is maybe two right and about 98 wrong over over that period. Uh, and simply because there's so many things that can go wrong. For example, for example, droughts, uh, for example, hail, um, bushfires, and, and anything that could have gone wrong went wrong for um, Costa Group in FY19 and for part of FY20. The good news is uh, that all seems to be backing out now. So they've, they've managed to get um, 65% of their growing indoors. Um, they've, they've managed to shore up their water supplies. Uh, barring the next hailstorm, um, I think they're in a pretty good position. So it's kind of, hey, you know, the drought's broken, let's get back to business sort of thing. And the chart really shows that that five year long term chart shows you that, you know, earnings uh, and charts are ahead of the earnings so the market is saying we think earnings are going to pick up and then the chart is responding to that so uh, i like this one we we've had a buy on it since uh, the 21st of september at 338 so it's a bit higher than that that's um a bit of a problem because it does take some of the, the edge off the value i, I would stick with it um, it's certainly a hold for me if i didn't have it i'd be buying pullbacks rather than paying the high price that we're seeing over the last couple of days um, but other than that, it's 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 ticking all the right boxes. You know, the management's really been quite sensible and they're quite adept at dealing with these crises and they're still managed to grow, managing to grow their earnings uh, despite that. So um, I'm pretty happy with this one going forward.
1: Cool. All right. Uh, moving right along, WCM Global Growth, which is an LIC sent in by Wong. Henry, this, uh, this sits within the Contango Group, yep. um, run by WCM out of the US. So it's... Like most LICs, I guess it's an actively managed portfolio of yep. global companies. Um, are you a fan?
2: Um, I do like some LICs. and We've done very well out of LICs. And I call them the hot tub time machine, <laughs> especially in times of trouble. Because uh, what we saw in March is that people just went, oh, I want out of this stuff. And they didn't understand yeah. it wasn't transparent. And, the, and some of the time they were throwing away good money yeah. because the, the discounts just got too big. And if you can look at through that and look at what the assets they actually own and they're transparent about the NTA and they keep the market up to date, that discount can close back up again. This one's trading at $1.47, the NTA is dollar $1.62, so it's not a huge discount. Uh, looking through their holdings, they've got things like Taiwan Semiconductor, Tencent, Visa, so big, big ticket companies. Uh, 26% in IT, 21% in healthcare, and 11% of financials, you know, it it does what it says on the box to a certain extent. It is a a growth portfolio actively managed. Uh, It's been trending nicely upwards as the market has recovered, as you would expect. So um, it's not the most liquid in the world either. That's another Mm -hmm. issue. But, you know, it's still at a discount to NTA. So you're buying a dollar's worth of assets for... Um, you know, 85 cents instead of a dollar, which is, which is a good thing. And it does give you exposure to those international markets. And it is relatively transparent in terms of how it reports and what it tells you that it's got, which is a good thing. What you don't want is the black box with the unlisted, the weird stuff, all that kind of stuff in the LIC, because that just gets too hard to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, um, so a buy?
2: It's a hold. Hold, yep. yeah. Yeah, It's not this, I, there's other LICs that I prefer. Uh, the Long Short Fund, LSF, has done really well for us. That was a real hot tub time machine. That got to a, a massive, massive discount. And they were reporting daily on the NTA and you knew what they held and there was there was a lot of transparency there. You know, we're up, uh, you know, 50, 60% on that since uh, since March.
1: Nice work, if you can get it. Uh, Carl, what do you make of this one? Um, maybe in particular, you know, it's, its strategy seems to be about looking for, for companies, particularly in the tech sector with a, a moat that is um, incredibly defendable. So, you know, stocks like Shopify, they hold.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. So I think, um, as Henry said, the the good news about this one is you can actually see inside what they're doing uh, and you can decide whether it suits what you're trying to achieve. So I think uh, this is to buy or to hold is more of a a philosophical argument as to whether you think you can do it better by allocating the money yourself or you think these guys are gonna do a better job. Uh, And if you're of the opinion that you couldn't be bothered investing your money uh, and you'd rather put it in a structure like this, then I think this is a pretty good one. So, um, you know, very consistent returns, um, sort of low, um, uh, low double digit returns over a very long period of time. But you have to be comfortable with their portfolio weightings. Fortunately, it's on their website. So go to the website and tells you 27 percent in tech. Uh, Now, if you're if you're extremely risk averse. Um, despite the moats and I, I get what you're saying um, a lot of those companies are very stable have moats but if you're very risk averse then, then maybe that's a too big a waiting for you and you might need to look somewhere else uh, but if you look at that and then go that's great that's the that's the growth I want they've got healthcare that's fairly defensive industrials you know looking at the top three holdings uh, and, if, and if you think it suits what you're trying to achieve then then go for it I've got no no objections in terms of um, a buy hold sell for me on a philosophical basis I always think that I can do better uh, and therefore it's, a, it's, it's a, a, a no result for me so it's a no call.
2: <laughs> Neutral. Neutral.
1: Neutral. Neutral. I didn't know that was an option. But anyway. <laughs>
2: that, was, that was the fourth box. That's
1: fine. Okay. The fourth <laughs> box. Um, Anita has asked us to have a look at Bingo Industries, BIN, uh, Australian Waste Management Company, um, operates commercial and residential waste, recycling. Um, Carl, I assume the, the fortunes of this would be somewhat tied to sort of the, the COVID recovery.
0: Yeah, look, absolutely. So I think they're well placed to take advantage of that. Um, you know, they haven't done that well uh, through through this "quote unquote" crisis. Uh, haven't done that well. They haven't done that poorly. That's a big that's a big slip, isn't it? They haven't done that poorly uh, <laughs> since, since through this COVID crisis. And they still managed to to punch out some pretty decent um, you know revenue growth. Uh, earnings growth has been a little bit lumpy um, as they sort of worked through some 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 extra costs. But um, no, I think they're they're fairly well placed um is it a buy hold sell i, I think it's um it, it's probably a hold for me i don't think it's a buy at this stage although um you know i'm happy to review that uh, down the track so i, I think it's, it's 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 well run it's well placed it, it 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 can benefit as you say from um from from trends that are in place i mean i'm i'm in wa and there's no pullback here there's there's no downturn in residential here everything's going gangbusters so um if, if we're the template for what's going to happen throughout the rest of australia over the next uh, 12 to 18 months, then,
2: you know, look out for these guys, basically. Henry, in the bin? Uh, in the bin. Uh, bingo. It's an um, interesting one. Yeah, definitely a hold. Uh, it's run relatively hard, I guess, from those those lows we saw earlier this year. It is geared to the residential cycle, as Carl says. And if uh, if WA is the example, then we will follow. I mean, New South Wales hasn't really skipped a beat, to be honest. Um, it's, it's skipped a beat in places, but, you know, builders around my way, Busy as ten men, and there's, there's skips everywhere. So, and a lot of people moving as well, doing renovations because they're moving. So there's a lot of there's a lot of action going on, and these guys benefit from infrastructure spending as well. So that's obviously part of the government's sort of post-COVID plan to stimulate the economy. So it's it's definitely a hold, and if you get it on the right day, you could probably nab yourself a bit of a bargain. There, the, you know, it, it's pr- the growth has probably been pushed out a little bit to maybe 21, 22, um, as opposed to 2021. So but yeah, definitely a hold for me.
1: Okay, I apologise to our final two viewers who've sent these in because we're going to have to whip through the, the last two. But data three DTL has come in from AJ. Um, this is a, a fairly well known business, but they've got um, you know big clients in government, which you think would you know keep everything within that business quite robust. There's not yep. as much sort of toing and froing. What do you, what do you make of it?
2: Uh, AGM today spooked the market big time. I'm mm. not sure what they said up till today. I would have said yes. Um, but it's clearly spooked the market so for me it's probably a void for the time being, wait till it settles Probably could see it back down to uh, to sort of five bucks, which is not far away. But it's down six percent today on the back of that AGM presentation. So I think I'd probably have to go back and look at that in more detail. I missed that while I was here. But certainly, you know, five bucks looks as if it's kind of the support level. So I'd be a buyer around that five bucks for a bounce back again. But it's you know it's come down from seven bucks to five forty. So mm-hmm. clearly there are some headwinds out there for this company.
1: Um, Carl.
2: Yeah, very interesting. I hadn't uh, seen that news on the uh, AGM or I know
0: uh, I've been been in my in my the call bubble for the last uh, few hours. I haven't seen that market reaction. Uh, So that's very interesting because pre that I would have said just buy, just go and buy it here. Uh, But I would need to go and and see what the comments were that that have spooked the market. Um, Look, putting that aside, it is it is a very well run business. Uh, It is a, a growing business and it is in all the right places at the moment. Uh, and should be going forward so in the interest of obviously whipping through as you said uh, it is it is a buy from me but uh, just waiting to see what happened there it, you know if we just look at the charts and put aside the fundamentals which is something I do like to do from time to time uh, this is where you'd buy it so whatever's caused uh, the the the, the you know, the problem today, it's actually into a major, major buy zone here. Typically, I don't just buy it because it's in the zone. I want to see a little bit of upwards price action before getting that to tell me that the support's coming in. Um, So, but it's on alert. So for viewers, um, you know, keep an eye on it around here. If it starts to push back up through that 550 zone, then that would be the place to get in for a longer term buy.
1: Okay, we moving on to our last stock of the day, which was sent in to us from Marco, West Gold Resources um wgx obviously uh carl we might go to you gold producer based in wa Um, i was just having a quick look at some of its own forecasts about where it thinks the gold price is going to go to 24.50 us an ounce um, and looking at the kind of margins it'd be making if we got there what do you think i think this was from a presentation at um diggers
0: diggers and dealers so i mean i don't i i think you'd be kicked out of diggers and dealers if you had a gold price estimate (laughs) less than 2500. so i think they did that more for safety uh, personal safety than anything else but uh, look i mean they they're they're putting their money where their mouth is because they're they're eight percent hedged at the moment which is uh, from memory and the research i do into gold stocks it it is one of the lowest levels of hedging that i've seen so um, if the gold price goes up these are these this is the company that stands to benefit um they're they're great cash flows at the moment it is really a cash cow they've had a few production issues but they're working through those um it you know just the number for me is 155 million million positive net operating cash flow and that just says it all Uh, 137 million dollars cash in the bank and highly leveraged they're not a low-cost producer that's the only the only thing so they're 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 more of a, a higher cost producer and therefore I wouldn't say marginal because they're still making lots of money out of it. But, you know, keep keep that in mind. We've had a buy on it since the 18th of August at 2.30. It's currently 2.45. So you're not getting it at a whole lot uh, of a premium to, to where we initially said buy. And I'm happy to, to retain that now. Uh, incidentally, if you want to go and see
2: any of our buy recommendations, just head to the website. And they're all up there.
1: Cool. Henry, a quick one on these guys.
2: Um, it depends what you think on the gold price. And as Carl says, 2450 US announced 2450. Well, I thought I'd <laughs> get a 2500. Okay. But um, maybe some years out. Uh, central bank's still money printing. Gold is, st- I still think, is part of an, att- an attraction out there for investors. It's just a question of how much you hold. This is probably one of the I prefer to go with the Northern Stars and the Saracens, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Cold is, as Carl says, a high cost producer around 1450 in terms of uh, Aussie dollar production costs. Um, and it has had some issues. But it, um, it does tend to run quite hard, and when it runs, it really runs. Uh, And when it falls, it really falls. I'd be standing aside at the moment and looking at, you know, 210, 220 Mm -hmm. uh, as an entry price in this one. But gold shares have to be traded. I mean, they're not numbers on doors. Uh, They need to be traded.
1: Okay, thank you both very much. Let's just sum up those last five stocks. So Costa, um, too much dependence on the weather from Henry, a hold. Um, Carl admits he's got an awful record on ag stocks, so don't listen to anything he has to say, but he'll put a hold on that one anyway. Um, WCM, um, Henry, can't read my writing, uh, does what it says on the box. Um, both Henry and Carl like the transparency um, and the discount, it is um, not very liquid, but the discount isn't as wide as a lot of these LICs hold for both. Um, bingo, Carl not done that badly through the crisis, so he's going to hold, and he- Henry is also a hold, um, thinks it could be ready to run quite hard. Uh, data 3, where I'm still trying to find out what's going on, but apparently there was some news out of the AGM today, yep. which has um, spooked the market. Um, so Henry's just avoiding till he figures out what that is, but does say um, if it gets to $5, that's a good price to buy, and Carl agrees, um, he's buying it at the moment. And finally, Westgold. Um, both gentlemen believe the cost base. It's, it's not one of your, your lower cost base producers. Um, Carl still has a buy on it. Henry has a hold. Would prefer some of the others in the space, but says to have a serious look at it if it gets to $2.10, $2.20. That is it from us uh, any stocks thank you we got guys um, you can flick us an email the call at osbiz.com.au or you can tweet to us at osbiz tv a reminder to find all the stocks we have in the calls portfolio you can head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio um, if you're looking for your next investment, tune into the Startup Daily Show every day. The team brings you the companies which are seeking capital and all the latest in the startup sector today. Joined by Lars Olsson from Zalient, an AI company specialising in bringing the technology to tiny devices, that is coming up on Startup Daily. I'm Kylie Merritt. Thank you very much to my guests, Carl Kapalinga in Perth from Think Markets and Henry Jennings with me in the studio from awesome. Markets Today. Great to see you both. See you again soon. See you again, probably not so soon. Uh, Of course, you'll be back at some point. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. See you later.